Hello and welcome to From Lost to Light podcast and this is Angie and I'm here with my lovely co-host Michelle. Hey Angie, how are you today? Good, how are you? Just uh, getting ready for the holidays. Good, yeah. And then we have a special guest in house, Sarah Spikert. How are you, Sarah? Good. Welcome. Thank you. We are recording this, but we're getting ready for the holidays here. It does not feel like it should be that today here in Nebraska, Iowa. It's almost 70 degrees, which is bananas. Right. <laughs> and I hope since we're talking about the holidays, I hope that our last episode where we had Kathy Fox on as our guest to help give pointers and suggestions to make it easier for those that are grieving a loved one, a lost friend, that will help guide them through the holidays, especially those first major holidays where we all know it's very tough. Yeah. So if you did not give that a listen, go ahead and go back and give that a listen as you get closer to the holidays. And um, there's some great insight. She was really good. Yeah, she was. Um, I enjoyed her energy. I know. I know. And she's a doll. <laughs> she really is. Uh, Michelle, so what's new with you in the world of... Um... Oh, if, if people didn't catch our last podcast, my book went live on Audible. You can download it on Audible if you listen to books, if you don't want to read the book, Better Not Bitter, A Journey from Heartache to Healing. Oh, that's awesome. That was pretty exciting. Yeah, I am so excited. I'm so proud of you. Well, thanks, Angie. And I know you're busy doing your own Yeah, book. just a lot of... Yeah, I'm, I am kind of writing a little book, but I've been focused now, like I kind of just said, I'm going to kind of take the next month and a half to focus on butterflies and halos just because it's very needed right now during the holidays. Sure is. And I want to tell our listeners that Angie brought me some copies of her holiday cards and I'm looking at them and they're perfect. She has this one that says thinking of you with a little evergreen and berries. And that's perfect. Instead of sending, you know, just your regular old Hallmark greeting card to somebody who's hurting at the holiday time. These are perfect, you know. And then she has another one. Dear Santa, what my friend is going through totally sucks. Please leave her a bag full of love, spiked eggnog, plateful of cookies, and a joyful heart. Sincerely, her BFF. How cool is that? (laughs) That's one of my favorites. (laughs) I think it is mine too. And then the third one, this time of the year, memories of your loved ones are always felt a little stronger. And then she shows snowflakes and a cardinal sitting on a bench. Perfect for holidays where people are their hearts are hurting. Yeah. Yeah. So you can go to my website, butterfliesandhalos.com, and you can purchase any of those cards. And if you, um, when you check out, I have a discount for 15% off and you use podcast 15. So take advantage of that, people. Yes. Yeah, so don't be disappointed. She also has candles. So if yes. you're looking for a gift yeah. for someone who's, Got a heavy heart. Yeah. She has some really beautiful candles, like and memory I also, candles. Yeah, and I also created a special one. It's an angel wing candle, um, and it has a quote on there. And then I also have um, ornaments. Yeah, your angel yeah, ornaments. My fe- it's an angel, uh, a feather fell from heaven ornament. So that's on there, too. And, yeah, I'm gearing up for the holidays. I, I had my mom and my sister and my sister-in-law come over last week, and we made all the stuff 
And then they come in a cute little white box with a red ribbon. So I've taken Beautiful. all the work out of it for you. Just all you have to do is buy them. Buy them. <laughs> okay. Yes. Well, I am so thrilled that Sarah agreed to join us today. I know she has a very near and dear topic on her heart. And she has gone through her own loss, but she has certainly, with her family, carry a torch of light forward for her little, her son. So why don't we start in, Sarah? Why don't you introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about yourself today? And then if you want to go backwards and let us get to know your son and and then share his story. Sure. My name is Sarah Spikert. I have two active little boys still at home, so we've been pretty busy with uh, sports over the summer. We've done quite a bit of traveling as well this summer. We just got back from Florida. We have a house out there on Anna Marina Island, so we had family and really enjoyed this past week there, keeping busy. Other than that, we're just always busy doing something, fixing something. I love that. I want a house in Florida. (laughs) How old are your little boys? Seven and nine. Oh, those are fun ages. (laughs) Mm -hmm. They're very fun. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Busy, 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 busy fun. Yes. So we're very, very busy on top of working full time. And then we also run a nonprofit. Okay. In our spare time. (laughs) Do you want to share with our listeners about Jack? Sure. Um, I do have another son. He would have been my oldest. Uh, He was born in 2012. Um, and just after his second birthday, he wasn't acting quite right. We didn't, we couldn't pinpoint what it was, and neither could any doctor. After several trips to the ER, um, neurologist, everything, um, we finally wound up um, just being told he's like 75 other children. He's just got the flu. Take him home. Let him rest. Make sure you keep him hydrated. Uh, well, one evening, because I worked second shift, so I wasn't home. Tim was there and he just had slept all day and hadn't had any water so he was afraid it was going to be about 2 a.m and we'd have to go to the er again because he would become dehydrated so he decided to go ahead and call the doctor and they said just go ahead and bring him in so we took him into the boys town uh, after hours care facility and they couldn't really pinpoint it either but they knew something there just something wasn't right so we ended up spending the night there The next day, they decided to do an MRI. And uh, they said, oh, it'll probably be about an hour and a half because they're going to do a spinal tap as well. It wasn't 30 minutes, and they were calling us and uh, had found a racquetball-sized tumor uh, uh, on his brain. So we were taken by ambulance to Children's at that point, and that started our journey. Uh, He... And, and what is the time frame? What month was that? This was in July, July. of 2014. Uh, he started to posture is what they call it. So kind of like seizure or mm-hmm. um, because the um, brain surgeon had come in or the neurosurgeon, excuse me, had evaluated and said, okay, I think you know, I think we can wait till tomorrow. We'll get him on a regime of steroids and such. And I want to get some, you know, good rest because he had just gotten out of a surgery. And, uh, well, he ended up posturing, like I said. And uh, 
it became emergent. So he went into emergency surgery that evening and we actually almost lost him. Uh, we were rushed out of the room being told to say goodbye. Wow. And um, he did make it. They got about 25 or 75% of the tumor during that surgery. When he did come out of it, he was a little rough and uh, there were some deficits as a result. However, after about 10 days, they let him heal up a little bit and uh, went back in and got the rest. Oh, wow. And uh, they, he, the uh, neurosurgeon said they had put a little medication in his ventricles. And uh, he really, when he woke up the second time, the deficits were um, at bay. And we were pleasantly surprised. So he woke up and uh, was doing much better. Uh, but from there, um, you know, we had to wait for pathology. They did say it was probably a pretty um, nasty-looking tumor. So uh, they recommended we go see the oncologist at Children's, which we did, and she recommended St. Jude's. So uh, once he was healed up enough, we made our way to St. Jude's. Uh, during that time, we did find out he had what was called Etainer. They've now changed the name just because they've had more research and time. Um, and there was only 50 documented cases at wow. the time. Wow, yeah, because I was going to say, that's I've never even heard no, of that. It's yeah. very rare. It's within the peanut family, which you hear a lot more of. Yeah. But that's like your big basket, and then they're drilling them all down. Oh, wow. And like putting them all into different baskets. So um, you only, with, with that diagnosis, it's about a 10% chance. Um, but we... When we arrived to St. Jude, you know, we thought, you just, you have the light hope. and the hope. And and on the walls of St. Jude, it's, it is. You walk through the halls, and it's, yes, you do have sick children and, and things all around you, but the walls and the atmosphere is just a light of hope. It makes it okay. Mm -hmm. it makes you feel and okay. so uh, we were there for about nine months Wow. through treatment. He went through radiation, intense radiation. Um, well, let me back up. He actually ended up with a third surgery when we got to Memphis because before he, they left Omaha, because during all of that, I was actually eight and a half months pregnant with his brother. Oh, wow. Oh, oh my, my goodness. goodness. So I actually couldn't go with them off the bat because no doctor would take me on at that point, and I had a history of preeclampsia. <sighs> so <laughs> I couldn't go. I stayed behind to have his brother. Um, and Tim and his parents traveled. Uh, but uh, before he left, he didn't, his incision area was kind of looking a little off. And so we took him in and said, you know, does this look all right? They're like, oh, yeah, that's just what it looks like. We're like, okay, well, we don't know what it's supposed to look like. Anyway, they got there and they're like, this is not right. Well, he had a massive infection. Oh. So he wound up going back into surgery and he actually lost his skull bone on the left side of his head because it was so infected um, and resulted in having to wear a blue helmet. But it, it fit him perfectly um, just because then he could still run around because that's all he did was run. Um, <laughs> yeah, some sort of protection, right? <laughs> yep, he needed it. And that's all you saw was this blue flash <laughs> I love going that. back and Aww. forth. Um, and so uh, he had, you know, he wound up having that third surgery and then went right into radiation and chemo. And um, we did that for the nine months. And 
but uh, and then uh, unfortunately, once the the um, infection was healed up, the cancer did start coming coming back and coming back with a vengeance. I think him not having that skull bone did buy us some time, as well as the infection bought us time because cancer doesn't like infection; it mm -hmm. likes healthy cells. So. Um, so when we were told, we came home and made the best of it. And so you brought him home in June, June of 2015. Okay. And then when did he pass away? August 22nd, 2015. Okay. A couple months. Mm -hmm. Wow. Well, you know that it's just, I've lost a child, so mm -hmm. I understand the the depths of that pain and just the cancer journey itself is something that, um, nobody can understand unless you go through it. Um, just the, the unknowns and the ups and downs and the coordination of everything. And like with you having, I mean, so did you, with your pregnancy and having your child, then how did that all work into that? Was your husband able to come back to Nebraska? No, he watched it on FaceTime. Are you kidding me? No, my doctor um, actually let me have two people in there with me because it was a C-section since yeah. I had had one before. So um, I had two people in there with me, one to hold the phone. And um, so he actually said he saw more <laughs> <laughs> that round that he had ever seen. So he was actually in the hospital in Memphis with my son and... I was in the hospital here. And what when, what month did you have your second son? August. In August. Mm -hmm. Wow. So just, yeah, that's just figuring out all those dynamics. I mean, like I said, the cancer journey itself, just figuring everything out. I mean, because it changes constantly. Yes. Um, just from one minute to one hour to one day, you know, mm -hmm. just how the patient is feeling or that person and... Um, you know, and you got to be ready for all those changes um, whenever you have to. So how long before, after your son was born, your second son, um, did you go to St. Jude's then to be with? Uh, Ten days. Okay. She let me go. Usually you can't go till you have your first round of shots, but she knew Yeah, it was important and uh, she let me go after 10 days. I'm glad to hear that. Mm -hmm. So yeah. were you able to stay down there yeah. for most of the time? Yep. I would just come back for checkups, mm -hmm. and I would give her, like I had a baby scale down there with me, just kind of mm -hmm. gave her updates. Yeah. I think that was maybe her first experience, too, and she was kind of taken back, and um, it was, it, yeah, it was <laughs> I crazy for, I think, for everybody. Well, it yeah, was, yeah. It's just, it's kind of, when you think about it now, it's just kind of like, it's hard to piece I piece the things together again. It's right. just like it's just so crazy and I've I've done that lately since I'm writing my book and I I read through Jack's Caring Bridge site just and I was just like gosh, you know, he battled cancer for 16 months. I'm like he was sick all the time and I don't remember that, you know, and I remember I don't I just don't remember him being sick so much and it's just and the, all the maneuvering and different things we had to do and the changes. So, I mean, I can't imagine like with a, a child and then having a newborn and then just being so far away from home, navigating all that. It just, I, as I was watching her tell her story, I, 
the listeners aren't can't see what's going on here in the studio, but I saw your eyes welling with tears, and my heart just sank for you because I was thinking to myself, this baby is sick, and you're a mom, and you just want to be there, but you've got this other baby, and you've got to go through this delivery. And then your heart is like caring for a newborn, and you've got a sick another sick baby. I, I can't even imagine. It was difficult. And um, you are recovering from a C-section in the midst of all that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And you're not even in your home. Yep. Yeah. We I, we packed up as much as we could, and I had totes that I would take back and forth with me to and from Omaha because the kids would be growing, and mm-hmm. um, that's we made it work. And, and so then I take it that neither of you could work at the time. No. We were very fortunate in that regard that our employment – did cover us. Wow. Wow. That's huge. Can I ask what you did for a living back then? Yeah, we both worked for the railroad. Okay, that's right. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's uh, huge. Yeah, it was huge that we, I mean. It's wonderful. Um, tell us a little bit about um, maybe just for our listeners, the St. Jude experience. I mean, I know you talked about, you know, the walls and stuff like that, mm-hmm. but just how did they help your family and guide you and do everything well really they they help you from a to z okay um you don't i mean we got an allowance every week for groceries we got somewhere to sit you know if you're if you're going to be there for a certain amount of time i think it's like zero to three months you go to ronald mcdonald house was which is like a shared kitchen um and then if you're going to be like six to nine months or longer I believe it's the Target House where you get an apartment. Now, we were in a pilot program because the Target House was being renovated at the time. And because I was breastfeeding my child, Ronald McDonald sharing a kitchen was kind of uh, out of the question. Yeah. Yeah. Um, They let us do this pilot program at like a Homewood Suites. So it was like a hotel room, but you had your little mini kitchen and... And we got a two-bedroom, and it was awesome because we actually, um, Tim's parents live in Georgia, and so they could travel in whenever and stay there because, like, Ronald, you can't have guests at either of the other two facilities. So we could always have somebody come in and, like, stay with us. And so they traveled in a lot. Watch the baby if Mm -hmm. you wanted to go spend more time Mm -hmm. one-on-one with Jack. And they actually, St. Jude, they don't want you in the hospital. They want you gone as much as possible. Really? So they Tim was kind of his caregiver just because I had yeah. the baby. And so they taught him essentially how to flush his lines, hook up his bolus because he had a, a very strong antibiotic because of the massive MRSA infection he had. Uh, so he got to, I mean, Tim did a lot of it. He was Mr. Nurse. Wow. Amazing. And so we got to go to the park and, I mean, we... You made those family we, memories. Mm-hmm, we did. We did as much as we could to make life as normal as we could. Wow. Wow. That's just. I'm just sitting here in awe. Yeah. You know, my heart um, just, I, f- I feel so much emotion towards you right now. Just hearing your story and, and seeing those tears well, it just oh, got me. Yeah. Oh, I love it. Um, and, 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 you know, I'm sitting here, for the listeners, I'm sitting here with Angie on my right and Sarah on my left. And he, here are two incredible women who have lost a child. 
I have not lost a child. And so I cannot understand what that's like. But a lot of, a lot of admiration for both of you for uh, going through such a traumatic loss and yet finding your way to carry a torch of light forward. So with that being said, I would like to hear about Jack's torch that you carry. Yes. Well, we start in his memory. We started a nonprofit because we wanted to give back. We had so many generous people, foundations, places, just everything, and we wanted to keep his memory alive. And so we um, formed Operation Super Jack because everybody did call him, you know, Super Jack all the time because he didn't walk anywhere. He ran <laughs> uh, even even when he wasn't feeling well and after surgeries, and uh, he, it didn't matter. Uh, so initially we wanted to bring something similar as St. Jude. They called it a medicine room instead of an ER because if they called it an ER, they had to take everybody in the city. Calling it a medicine room, they just brought their patients oh, wow. when an emergency struck, which is good because you have so many compromised immune system children that they could, you know, just your common cold could be very, very detrimental to their health. Um, so initially we were looking into something like that uh, to bring here locally, but of course that that's going to cost millions of dollars. And um, so we scaled that down a little bit. <laughs> and we actually wound up getting in with children's before they actually had their blueprints finalized for their new ER. And um, we got their positive pressure rooms. So now they're kind of located in the front of the ER and we uh, sponsored one. But we Wonderful. were there to like put the layout um, and I believe there's still more to come but just to start with there's just one and that's our, our we, we have it sponsored, it's named after him. Oh, wonderful. Uh, yes, and so we were able to get in um, at the beginning, and, and we did that initially. So we accomplished that, what, in 20, when did it open? 2021? It all kind of blends yeah. together. I know. Oh, I'm sorry. couple years. Well, yeah. and especially so with COVID, too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. because well, yeah, COVID happened, and we couldn't even go see it. Yeah. So we had to have people, like, take a picture for us. Uh, so yes, that's been open a few years. So then, uh, we just, um, so after that, um, part, we opened and broadened our vision and that is just to help local, well, Omaha Metro. I, I don't want to say local, but everybody in the Omaha Metro area and outlining, um, families that are dealing with, you know, tragedy or or cancer um so childhood cancer so what we um just started doing was providing 250 dollars to each newly diagnosed family that uh, arrives to children's the social workers are handing those out for us um at the hospital or children is it nebraska children's now or children's nebraska i think yeah, they're changing yeah their i know <laughs> and um we also um i think it's called bags of 
fun. No, to-go bags, excuse me. And they're through the Nebraska uh, Cancer Coalition, I believe is who it is. But we provide $10 gift certificates to the cafeteria in the to-go bags. Like it's an emergency to-go bag that sure. they hand out. So we have a piece of that in there, and that's donated from us, and that's $10 that we put in there for them. So right now, that's kind of the two things that we do. Um, when we came back from COVID, our first golf tournament that we did, we actually gave half the proceeds to um, a local family. So that was about $7,000 wow. to Grace. And she was battling um, neurofibromyalgia. Now, I, I don't know if I'm going to. I can't remember. Something not good. Yes. <laughs> she had brain cancer. How yes. About? Yeah. <laughs> That's all right. Um, and so we, just to kind of jump back into things, we did that and split that in half with her. Uh, and then there was another family out of Lincoln that um, they have six kids and they foster children. Wow. And they needed some assistance because one of their children is suffering um, from cancer and they needed a little extra assistance on some house taxes and we provided a thousand dollars towards them so if somebody reaches out we'll do what we can and wow um right now it's estimated about there's a hundred new diagnosis every year wow sarah if somebody if one of our listeners wants to it's the season of the holidays and sometimes people want to do th something special to remember their loved ones that maybe have passed. If there might be a listener that wants to donate, do you accept donations for your um, Operation Super Jack? Yes, we do. You can go on our website, which okay. is www.operationsuperjack.org. You can visit our Facebook page at Operation Super Jack or we're on Instagram as well. Perfect. And I, I'll link all those um, in the show notes, too, for everybody. But that's a great idea, Michelle. Um, that goes in line with what we were talking about in our previous episode right. about grief in the holidays and how we can give back. If we are able financially to give back, um, one of the things to do is maybe, you know, we've talked about adopting a family or pay it forward. How can you do that? But um, this would be a beautiful idea and a beautiful gesture for anybody um, to help out um, the Operation Super Jack Foundation. Because it sounds like to me that you're really helping families when they're in crisis mode. Right. Because they just, right. And it's right, they're still in it's, shock. Right. And they don't know what they're going to need. And we just want to, if I can take one ounce of that stress away. It's worth it. It's worth it. Yeah. Because you know you were in that crisis moment. Right. I yeah. was, and I didn't know what I needed. Yeah. Yeah. You don't. And you just, you don't know what you need. And um, What what do you all do for fundraisers to raise your money for Super Operation Super Well, Jack? we just do two, just because all of our board members are all volunteers. And so um, we do our big golf tournament in June. And that's Jack's birthday. So we always do it the week of his birthday. When and was his birthday? June 9th. June 9th. Okay, because my Garrett's was June 21st. Mm -hmm. so. so, yeah, one year it did fall on his birthday, his 10th oh. birthday. And, um, yes, we all sing happy birthday. We had a lot of tears in the room. Yes. Um, 
and then uh, we do a bowling tournament in October, and that's like a family-friendly event. And then uh, actually the um, last year we just started to make it more of a Halloween theme, like to wear your costume just to make it a little more fun, and that kind of went over. That was kind of a hit. Fun. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's like our guest that we had on, um, Sue Roberts. I don't know if you have heard of Leap for a Cure, um, but she was on our um, last episode that just aired uh, last Wednesday. Um, but she, her daughter, Michelle, had a brain tumor as well, and they started Leap for a Cure, which is um, a nonprofit in Omaha. And um, But they would do one of their biggest fundraisers was Monster Bash. And it started where, you know, kids would come and they could dress up and they would, you know, they would just do raffles, you know, auctions, different things like that. Um, and it grew very large and they just had their last one last year. Um, but they were able to provide Methodist um, Cancer Center with a lot of tools that they need for um, brain cancer, even traumatic brain injuries. But one of the biggest things that they did was they did the Heather's healing pad. And so um, that's a way for people to go in that have had either brain cancer and are recovering or any traumatic brain injuries to go in and rehab and do physical therapy. And so I just, I, I love every person that has had such a hard loss um, and everything you go through that you can come up with these amazing ideas to pay it forward, to help others, to share hope with so many people. I think it's just, it's so warranted in our society. Yeah, it really is. And I think that's, you know, you got to keep moving forward. Uh, you know, I don't know maybe how it would have transpired if I did, if I wasn't pregnant with our second child and we didn't have that next, you know, child there with us. But I mean, he just, you know, he was our little hope too. Yeah. Especially when we did lose Jack and you just, you just have to keep looking forward and yeah, you can't give up. You no, just can't because and you you just have to remember yeah. the good times and don't ever be afraid to say their name and and we're not. Yeah. We aren't. Yeah. We, we always say and there's so many things that remind us. Yeah, of just him. So your newborn after um I mean so he would have only been about a year old then when Jack died. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I mean, does he I mean, obviously he knows him. Yeah, he says he remembers him. So, but we, and we don't know, and maybe yeah, he does. Exactly, I mean, yeah. It's hard to say. He's always, you know, and he's really sad too. Or he gets emotional. He's our emotional one. Oh, well, it's probably because of what he endured. You uh -huh. know, I mean, he was born during an emotional time. Yeah. Wow, kids are so intuitive. I love I it. I know they yeah, are. They very they, much are. <laughs> I know, and we think he gets his smarts too because he was raised like in a hospital. <laughs> yeah, you know, because and he he's like very talkative and and very absorbed well absorbed so much and very well spoken. So we're like, did oh. you learn this from being in a hospital? <laughs> <laughs> Where did you come from? Oh my gosh, I love that. Well, I love that. Um, Sarah, we're we're getting close to our time uh, for. Wrapping up, do we have any other questions, Angie, that you want to ask? Um, I would just, um, 
what kind of advice or is there any advice that you would give maybe um, a family just navigating or just getting that diagnosis, you know, of a brain tumor? What kind of advice would you give them? Just write everything down. Have a notebook. Just take notes. You're going to need it. You're going to want it later. Don't be afraid to ask questions. Don't be afraid to ask for help. Be there. You you just, you need to be there as much as you can. I understand, you know, everybody has a job and it may not always be flexible. No, your child will always be taken care of, but always just write it down, be yeah. there, be yeah. present. That's, that's great advice. It really is. Um, because I think people just, they go in there, like you said, maybe empty handed and mm-hmm. they, they're hearing words coming out of this person's mouth that they don't even know and they go home they're like what 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 am I supposed to do what did they just say what kind of yeah what kind of brain tumor is it you know like especially now like you said there's so many different types or names for and subtypes yeah yeah that's that's crazy yeah don't google Dr. (laughs) Google will drive you insane that's the best advice For sure. That, I think that was the first thing I said is, I don't want to know what Dr. Google has to say. Yeah. Please don't tell me. I don't want to know. Yeah. I've heard enough already from the doctors. I know where we stand. I just don't need to hear anymore. Yeah, for, yeah. for sure. Yeah, it's it's information overload. Um, So, Sarah, when we have our guests on, we like to take a few moments at the end and see if they have a favorite quote or a favorite song or even a favorite mantra that they they like to share or live their life by. And I understand that you have a favorite mantra. Make memories. Take the trip. Don't hold back. Perfect. I love that. And always know. We got this. Ah, uh, we do. We do definitely have it. You have both of you, ladies. I'm just going to tell our listeners that the feeling that I sense off of both of these ladies is such a pillar of strength that just radiates out of their beings. Well, thank you. Thank you. It's not always easy, but nope. <laughs> but we've got this. Yes. <laughs> well, I want to thank you, Sarah. I'm so glad my brother Nate said you should have Sarah on your podcast. <laughs> so shout out to Nate. Okay. You got Thanks, a good one. <laughs> you got a good one. And so um, you better listen to this now. <laughs> right. And we want to get all those UP railroad people. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, no, thank you really for being here with us. Thank you for sharing your story. And I know just um, you're going to touch somebody's life and you're going to, absolutely they are going to walk away listening to this, just um, having a bigger heart. And like we said, if you could, um, if you are able and willing and you feel like paying it forward this holiday season, please think of Operation Super Jack. And I will link the information in the show notes. Um, I know that it would be well received. Right. And I, 
sometimes um, in life we might hear somebody's story and maybe at the time it doesn't make sense to us or what they say we don't need. It just doesn't apply to us. But I'm sure there's probably some listener that's going to face a very scary moment with a child and they're going to think back to your conversation today, you know, about being present, being there, write it down, take a notebook, and make those memories and just all the important things that one might need to know. Yes. Well, thank you so much. Thanks, Sarah. Thanks for having me. Yes. And then we will um, be catching up with you again in, in December. We, yeah. We've got a couple of exciting guests. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not even going to spoil it right now because it's too it's too exciting. So. Well, I'm going to spoil just a little bit. Um, <laughs> well, you can because. Yeah. Well, yeah. one of the guests. Uh, She's an author. Um, she's actually working on a documentary about Ragbri. Um, so it will be exciting to hear about how she carried her torch in life after she sustained a very uh, tragic and sudden loss in her life. And then I know you also have somebody that you don't want to jinx it yet. But, uh. <laughs> no, she she also is an author. She just re- is releasing her book right now. I did receive my copy in the mail, actually. Um, so uh, she is um, also um, carrying her daughter's torch that had died, and um, I'm anxious to talk with her. Yeah, yeah. So, so stay tuned. Come back, and those will air in January. Yep, yep, yep. So we have some good stuff to look forward to in the new year. Yes, we definitely do. So thank you, and everybody have a happy holiday. Yeah, and uh, stay safe. Um, It's a season where people like to celebrate a little bit, and uh, I just want to remind everybody to make sure you get designated drivers and don't drink and and drive. Thank you. All right, take care. Have a great day. Great uh, holiday season. Bye-bye.